Welcome to the Engage Trust Podcast with your host, Katri Cooper. And I have a guest today, and it's so exciting because she's my bestie. So we have the amazing Jesslina Rao. Hello. Hello, hello. Thank you for help for coming on and getting to talk to me so I don't have to talk to myself like I usually <laughs> do. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It's an honor. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. Yeah, I didn't do anything last <laughs> last week. I took the week off. And then I was like, Jessina. Did you really? Oh, yeah. yeah. That was when we went out to like, church and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. And so I was just like, ah, I would like to talk to somebody else other than myself. And we were kind of talking about um, the revivals. I know. That have been happening. Um, and so, like... And I'm pretty sure the one in Asbury is still going on. So right now it's February 26th, and it started, what, February 8th? Yes. Something like that. So it's still ongoing. Yeah. Um, Joshua and I were, like, just chilling in bed last night, and we, like, we were watching the stuff that Rima had, mm-hmm. and it's still going. Yep. And there's one going on in Santa Monica as we speak. Mm-hmm. There's one in Mexico City, mm-hmm. in Ciudad Maracas, mm-hmm. and then... There's, I think, a couple of more in Colorado, mm-hmm. and there's some going on in the Middle East, which is so amazing, because yeah. God is really moving in such a time as this. Yeah, and I think it's like it's really interesting how um, people have traveled everywhere to go to those revivals, and how revivals are, like, sparking everywhere, and, like, I guess there was, like, a big, like, parade march thing in texas somewhere mm-hmm. um where like 800 people like gathered together and they marched and they paraded and they were singing songs of worship and all of that stuff and i just find it funny how um it happened like right after the whole grammy award incident with like sam smith and his whole um his whole debacle thing <laughs> you know and it's like Ooh. but you know, and I, I can't remember who said it, but it was like the devil got his five minutes of fame, but God is getting days upon days upon days of, of worship. And it's just like, you know, um, that's so funny. I just got chills right now. Like just even mm-hmm. thinking about that, because yep. if you look at the Grammys, <coughs> um, I don't know what he goes by now, but I think it was like Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. He had an interpretation of like the last supper mm. and that's clearly evident that they're like the mainstream is completely trying to mock the believers. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, even Lizzo did like a whole like praise and worship, but unfortunately it was not even praise or worship. It was uh-huh. a choir singing all these ungodly songs. Yeah. That's not praise and worship. Just because <laughs> it's a gospel choir does not mean it's of the gospel. Exactly. You know? And it's like, you know, there's just, like, certain things that I'm obviously, like, ew. <laughs> no. But, like, my thing is, um, so, like, the Grammys happened February 5th. Mm-hmm. And then um, the Asbury thing happened three days later. And, like, my favorite thing is, is, like, God always likes to work in numbers. And so he works in threes. He works in forties. He works in, you know, a bunch of different things. And so it's just, like, yeah, like, there's, like, this, like, big ungodly like satanic worshiping like demon thing going on at the Grammys but then you know three days later there's revival and so it's like wherever the devil brings death God brings resurrection resurrection. and of course it was oh no you're fine um of course it was like 
three days later and it's just, and it just continues to go. But one thing that's kind of irritating is like there are people who are saying that the revival is being faked and that it is not of God and that it is like, um, it's demonic in nature. And so like, here's what I have to say to that. So if it's demonic in nature, it is never going to allow the people to praise God, to come to repentance, to come to admitting that they've been wrong and falling on their face, worshiping and praising God. If anything is not of God, it is not going to push you closer to God and in fact, it's going to do the exact opposite, you know, and like there, there's been deliverances of, of a girl who everyone thought was having a seizure. Um, it was actually a demon manifesting and it wasn't until somebody who like had the nudging of the Holy Spirit be like, no, that's not a seizure. It's a demon manifesting. And like, I saw the video and like out from this girl came like this unhuman screech and scream and then all of a sudden she was gone and and you know and they're like oh that's demonic well that was demonic but it was because it was manifesting because it was in the presence of god and it hated it and then um i i don't think that a revival could last this long if it was faked exactly a lot of people are just going to as very interesting oh like this is fake this is fake i've gone to all these different arenas where it's Mm -hmm. being held Mm -hmm. and it's like listen if you think it's fake that's on you yeah but shocker it's the media that's going out there saying these things when the students and people are lining up like there's food trucks there's kids buying water cases out of their own money Mm -hmm. to pass out waters to pass out blankets yep yep and it's just a move of of compassion and you know, scripture says that he's going to pour out his spirit upon his people, you know, especially in these later days where we know that the coming of Christ is, is getting closer. I mean, we still don't know the day or the time, but we know that it's, it's getting closer and there are signs that are happening in, in scripture, you know, like, uh, the river, the Euphrates river River is drying up and that's, that's a part of scripture. And there's just like a bunch of things. And so, you know, he says like, he's never, going to put push us into battle without first equipping us with his spiritual weapons exactly and so it's just like i don't think you can fake a almost 20 day long revival in asbury and then have it happening and coming up more and more in other cities and other things you know and like my thing is like (laughs) quit this is hilarious because I like we just had a conversation of this. Quit putting God in a box. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so everyone was like, oh, well, you know, God doesn't work that way. Well, how does he? Let's look at history and how it's repeating itself. Yep. There was the Azusa Street Revival. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. How did that happen? There was a bunch of hippies just roaming around. And if mm-hmm. we do like actual research on how... Calvary Chapel came to be. Mm-hmm. It had all these different houses. It was like the Philadelphia House, the House of Hope that had women that were single and pregnant. Mm-hmm. But in these homes, there was revival. Yep, revival. Sometimes I I just see like all these people are flocking to different states and different countries to go mm-hmm. get the go get the revival, and it's like revival starts in your heart. Yep, and there like I and and it's not just. Revival is not an event. Mm -hmm. It is not an event that, 
you can't force God's hand and you cannot force God's presence to come to you, you know? And it's just like, you know, so that's why, like, I don't think it's fake. And a lot of people are, you know, a little like weary, like, "Mm, that's kind of weird. But here's the thing though, is like God works in so many ways that we don't see and we can't understand that it's like, just because your denomination did not start it does not mean that it is not real. And I feel like that's like a lot of things like, oh, my, you know, that's not biblical because I believe, no, fam. Mm, no, because there, there have been so many ways that I was taught that God doesn't move that way, that now God was like, who told you I don't work that way? Because I can work however I want to. I can work through whoever I want to. I can work through whatever situation I want to. But it's, it's the people like, oh, it's, a, it's through a denomination that I don't go to or I don't believe in. Like, um, cool. Then you are just limiting the hand of God in your own life just because it, doesn't, it didn't work the way that you wanted it to work or it, it didn't start the way you thought it should have started. It's like God loves us so much that he will use ways that seem so weird to us in the natural in order to reach and save people in the supernatural. Right. It was like how Pastor um, Hagen was saying yesterday, because I was watching the Rhema um, Winter Summit. Mm-hmm. You know, God does not work in the supernatural. Mm-hmm. No, like we want, sorry, can we scratch that part? Yep. <laughs> You're good. You know, we want things to be in the supernatural. And mm-hmm. God's like, no, no, no. Let me show you how it's really done. Mm-hmm. Because we all want to feel that instant gratification of a high. Mm-hmm. We all want to like sit there and just be like, no, no, no. We want a dopamine hit. Yeah, this is how it's supposed to be. And mm-hmm. God's like, just stop it. <laughs> just yeah. chill. I'm trying to think. There's a scripture. I'm pretty sure it's in Romans where it's like, don't fight over holidays. Don't fight over this. Don't fight over that. Because like ultimately it's like, that's not what matters. Like don't fight over who's circumcised or uncircumcised or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I can't exactly remember what it is. I'm going to, I'm going to Google it, but, um, it's pretty much saying like, stop fighting over like these tiny little things and realize that I'm, I'm bigger than that. I can't, I can't exactly. I know it's in Romans. It's <laughs> in, it's in Romans. Um, I'm looking it up right now. I know. I'm like, um, witnesses. Okay. Just kidding. It's not in Romans. It's in Colossians. Yeah. Colossians 2.16. <clears throat> Let me look it up. But that's like the one thing that kind of sometimes saddens me that just because certain revivals have gotten such a bad rap, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, listen, the spirit is moving. Mm-hmm. And he's flowing over the waters. He's flowing over everything. Mm-hmm. And, and he wants to just penetrate. Right. And it's us. Uh-huh. It's us that continuously has that wall of Jericho around our hearts because either mm-hmm. we've been hurt, we have a hardened heart because, you know, we've seen ministry hurt or we have like, yeah. you know, pastors that have hurt us mm-hmm. or even church folk has hurt us. Church hurt goes deep. It you does. Know? And like, this is something I actually kind of like spoke on a couple episodes ago and I think I made some people mad, but you know, like church hurt runs deep and I totally, I hold space for that. And, you know, but once again, the thing that we have to remember is church people are still broken people who 
are still under the blood and under the grace of God. And so for some reason, we have this unrealistic expectation for people who go to church to be Jesus. Exactly. And here's the thing, like, it, we can't be Jesus. And so, you know, like, we hold pastors to this ridiculously high standard. Exactly. And so, like, even if they make one mistake, it's like, oh, shame on you. Bless Condemn. Me. You know, all of this stuff. And there's, like, there's this um, feeling of just constant condemnation for pastors or for leaders. And it's like, no. Because they... <laughs> Like, they have a very difficult job, and I am not saying that all pastors deserve, like, a ton of leeway because there are some disgusting and evil things that pastors or priests or preachers have done to people. And, you know, and so this isn't like, oh, you know, just accept everything that they... No, because there are some disgusting things that that they have done, and there has been some serious hurt that they have done to people in the church and out of the church. I am not excusing any of that but it is like we hold christians or especially christians in in leadership ways to just such unrealistic standards that we expect them to be god we tend to forget that our leaders our pastors you know even people that are called to be leaders in like bible studies that are outside mm-hmm. of church to this or podcasters to this unrealistic goal Yep. And it's like, what are we, at the end of the day, we just had this conversation. Yep. We are still man. Yep. We are made of flesh and bone. Mm-hmm. We still have emotions. Yep. There's days where if you don't give me my coffee, I'm like, yeah, my eyes twitching. You're like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Yeah. I know. I'm like, just don't. Mm-hmm. However, yeah. we have to remember that we're not, we are called to emulate Christ. Yep. Because he was the only person born without sin, mm-hmm. remained without sin. Mm-hmm. From the gate, we are already like we're have to, we are we are taught how to be good. Right. You do not have to teach your kids how to be bad. Exactly. Like they already are. I already was. You know, like we 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 were we had to be taught how to be good. Mm-hmm. We do not have to be taught how to be bad because it is born into our very nature. Right, and I think that so many people just have this unrealistic expectations of people that are believers. Yeah. Even like yourself, mm-hmm. without the podcast, even like mm-hmm. myself, you know, oh, well, why can't you give me a discount for, you know, your baked goods? Mm-hmm. It's like, this is the price set that the Lord told me to make. Yep. You know, we've had this conversation. Oh, yeah. And we just hold everybody to like this unattainable standard yeah and we we tend to forget that we're human absolutely and we have to be able to hold space and grace for that but then it it, it could also the pendulum could swing way far Mm -hmm. to the other side where it's like I'm a Christian. I'm under the blood of Jesus. He paid it all so I can do whatever I want. No. <laughs> Let's go sin. <laughs> Let's just keep sinning. And I know that's a that's a thing in Romans that it, where Paul is saying, you know, um just cuz you know cuz since we're under the the grace in the blood of Jesus, does that mean we get to keep on sinning? He says absolutely not. 
absolutely not. Where is it? I think it's Romans 6. It's Romans 7. Oh, I'm so close. Uh, yes. <laughs> it's one of my favorite scriptures of all time. It's it's so big, though. And, you know, like there are some people, you know, who, who are possibly put in positions of leadership, you know, and all of this stuff, and they don't make good choices. Or their life was something completely different entirely. And so here's my here's my thing. I'm really big on accountability. Really big. I have notes on this. It's in my notebook. I need to go get it. I'm really big on accountability. Go get it. I'm going to go get it. Go get it. Um, I'm, okay. <laughs> you 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 read the the scripture. Okay. I'm going to go get it cuz it's not in here. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go to Romans 7. If I can find my handy dandy book. Oh, here it is. <clears throat> so it's in Romans 7, 7. What shall we say then? That this is that the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not leave. I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would have not known. <laughs> you're so funny the way you're. Oh, I know. <laughs> creeper hold on i need to get like a different version here we go so <coughs> you shall not comment but the sin seizing an opportunity through the commandment pursued in all kinds of covenantness for the part of the law of sins lies dead i was once alive apart from the law but when i when the commandment came sin came alive and i died and so for me like it goes deeper to where, for I do not do the things that I want to do, but I do the things that I do not want to do. Mm-hmm, absolutely. You know, and let's be honest, like, I've always said, even when I'm so mad at something and we're told to, like, pray for our enemies and love our enemies as our neighbor, mm-hmm. it reminds me of this T-shirt that I used to have that said, even Judas ate. Mm-hmm. You know. Yep. And I feel really bad when it comes down to certain things. And I'm not saying that revival is not happening in your hometown because everyone is like, everyone is out there, you know, sitting because of greed, but Mm -hmm. the true revival comes within our hearts when we completely submit to the Lord. Absolutely. You know, and that's the revival from our heart. We're called to be revivalist. We're called to be that second X church having upper rooms. And all revival means is to be brought back to life. Yeah. You know, like when, cause you, you, you used to work as a nurse, yeah. right? And so like, re, like when you revive someone, it is somebody who once was dead and is now alive. Exactly. And what, wh- who else than every single person on earth who was born into sin, which means we are born dead spiritually, obviously not physically, right? But we, we were born spiritually dead. And so when I became a Christian, that was a revival for me. Re- like, I, like I said, revival is not just a big event that happens in college campuses or in churches. It's a personal revival with Christ. Wow. It, is, it is like I, am, I had my own revival in the, the very bedroom that is a cr- like right through the wall over there <laughs> one night, you know, where I, I finally was like, I lay it all down. Here's everything. And there is a 
big difference. I don't know where this comes from. There is a big difference between having Jesus as Savior and having Jesus as Lord. Everyone wants a Savior. Everyone's holding out for a hero. That old 1980 song, I'm holding out for a hero. That one. Everyone is holding out for a hero. Everyone wants a Savior. Everyone wants Jesus as Savior, but not everyone wants Jesus as Lord. And there is a big, big difference between the two. Mm. So Joshua and I went out to eat last night. Joshua is her husband, by the way. I know. We love Josh. He's (laughs) so fun. Hi, Josh. Shout out to Joshua. Joshua's, like, main thing is worship. Mm. And I'm not going to lie. When I first came to the Lord, I hated worship. I just, I did. Mm. Sounds weird, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think that so many baby Christians just want the worship. But I was Mm. like, no, just give me the message, man. Get in, get out. Give me the word. Give me the word. Yeah. And so, um... (coughs) He was like, one of my biggest dreams is to grow up on stage and just be someone that reads the scripture. He's like, mm-hmm. we all need, mm-hmm. keyword, need Jesus. Yeah. But do we want him? Mm-hmm. I was like, ooh. There was one pastor I was listening to. He's, um, I think he's in Utah somewhere. He says, we always want God's will, but we don't always want his ways. And you can't be in his will if you do not walk in his ways. I think that we all, before we came to Christ, this is myself included. Mm -hmm. You know, I used to be like, Lord, 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 Mm -hmm. please get me out of this. Mm. And even I believe sometimes like when I walked away from God, Mm. because there was a good chunk of years that I was like, peace out, Jesus. Like you didn't save this person. So peace Mm -hmm. out, you know. I would get in my, I would get myself into a, like a jingle or something like mm-hmm. that. I don't count on Jesus, Jesus, like take me out of this. I promise I'll go to church. Like that stupid mm-hmm. coward like, prayer. Yeah. The little bribery. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't until I came to Lander, not going to lie. It yeah. wasn't until I walked into our church and I'm not saying that our church is like where it's at, but it is. But it is. <laughs> <laughs> it totally is. It totally, totally is. Being biased. <laughs> but the thing is, is like when you walk, and this is just for me, when I walk into that church, I feel the Holy Spirit's presence. And it's not, the Holy Spirit's presence is not confined to a building. So I'm not saying, you know, his presence is only at my church. His presence can be anywhere. You know, it it says, um, you know, if I make my, um, if I make my bed deep in the depths, you are there. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. There is absolutely no place where he is not, you know, but like it, it, where you go to church matters. Like, do you go to a church that allows the Holy Spirit to move? Or do you go to a church that only moves themselves? I've gone to many, many mega churches because, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a California native, so that's what I think. <laughs> I know. Ickies. Um, there was something but mega churches mm. in Cali. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to bash them, but yeah. there's some that. If you know, you know. Mm-hmm. And I would interview these pastors because I didn't want to tie into something mm-hmm. that I didn't feel the Holy Spirit moving in. Mm-hmm. So I'd ask them, do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Do you believe in speaking in tongues and the, you know, the gifts of the Spirit? Oh, well, we do that quietly. Mm. I'm like, mm. Mm. <laughs> bye. Yeah. And when I came to Lander, and I met, I think it was the first time with the women, mm-hmm. the women's thing that we had. Yep. That was it. Yeah. Because I was even leery of like, 
what church is Joshua sending me to? Right. Like, where am I going? Well, and I remember the very first time that I went to church, um, went to our church, we go to Word of Faith in Lander. Um, I hated it. <laughs> the very first time I went there, I hated it. And I was never going to go back. Because I, and like, I have to, I have to give honor where honor is due. Like my, my previous church, they put in the word of God into me. Like they gave me a good foundation. Um, there are just some things now that, you know, we just disagree on. And, you know, God, I, I felt God pulling me to, to the church I'm at now. But I remember I went there. And we, you know, in my other church, you never lifted your hands in worship. Maybe a couple people did, but it was very, like, keep your hands down. You're very quiet. You know, all of that stuff. And so when I went for my first service, everyone was like, yes, Jesus, hallelujah, bless you, Lord. Like, everyone's (laughs) way. Yeah. And I was like, I was like. I don't know what I've just walked into, but I'm very uncomfortable, and I don't like this. And it was just like, and I was like, this is weird, because I'd never seen it, never done it, never experienced it. You know, it was always kind of like, just stay quiet, don't don't draw attention to yourself. Absolutely. Kind of thing. And so I wasn't going to go back. And, um, and then I felt the Holy Spirit go, no, 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 I want you to be there. You know, there was something in my spirit that kept wanting to be there and kept, you know, so I, I think I didn't go back for like a couple months. And then I, I started going back and, you know, slowly here and I, I, you know, I would do one service at my old church and one service at the new one. And I, I was kind of constantly like playing, you know, the fence. playing the fence a little bit. And then one day the Lord was like, you know where I want you to be. Way. He's like, so you need to go there. And so, you know, I, I sat down with with a with an elder or two from my previous church. I said, hey, it's no hard feelings. I'm just, the Lord is calling me to a different church. I love you. I'm living in peace. You have to sow peace. And this is, this. I think I've made some people mad in a previous episode because I said, if you do not leave your previous church in peace and you just go to a new church, you are not going to bring peace with you. You're going to bring poison with you. People don't, people didn't like that. And I'm not mean, and I didn't mean it out of like a, um, a, 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 a pace of malice. Yeah, not out, it's because I want you to be blessed in your new church. I want the Lord to work in your life in your new church. But if there's still unforgiveness or there's still hardness in your heart towards other people, it's, and it, it says in Matthew, it, if you are coming to God in worship or if you're coming to God in prayer, before you even come to God in prayer, if you have something against someone, it's in Matthew, um, mm-hmm. against someone that you are to go to them and seek peace first. So he's saying, I don't even want you to come worship me if you have negativity and unforgiveness in your heart. Exactly. And I think that people took what you said the wrong way. Yeah. But I'll say like, this is what I interpret from it because mm-hmm. I listened to all her podcasts. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was that if you're so if you've had sown discord at mm-hmm. your previous church, what makes you think that you can walk into a new church without that discord? Nobody wants to wear white and have a stain on it, mm-hmm. a black smudge, and then go the next week with the same dress with the same black smudge you have to wash it out shot it out you know do the dawn soap whatever you have to do you it has to be done yep and i'm sorry that a lot of people took it and misinterpreted it but maybe that was conviction of the holy spirit Mm. and i'm sorry if i sound kind of rude but (laughs) no i don't think you're sounding rude but 
in in Proverbs 6, it's the things that the Lord hates. It says the Lord hates, this is uh, Proverbs 6, verses 12 through 15. It says, mm-hmm. or no, excuse me, 16 through 19. It says the Lord hates six things. In fact, seven are detestable to him. Um, arrogant eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that plots wicked schemes, feet eager to run to evil, a lying witness who gives false testimony, and one who stirs up trouble among brothers. And that's exactly what I think you were trying to prevent a lot mm-hmm. of people to go through, you know, Sowing like discord amongst brethren, which is, which is your church brothers and sisters, your church things. And I've, I've just seen so many churches hurt by people not trying to leave in peace. And if, if that is not the church for you anymore, that is fine. But peace has to be sought out. It says in Hebrews 12 that we are to seek peace with everyone, everyone. It doesn't say seek peace with the people who have never hurt you. It says to seek peace with everyone. And the thing is, is like the Lord will not bless what is outside of his will and outside of his word. I mean, when I was, when I was living my double life is what I call it. You know, I was begging for, for my ex to propose and I was like, Lord, just let him propose. But I was living with him. And the Lord's like, I'm not going to make him propose when you are living outside my word. So you were going on that. I'm a piggy back off of that. Mm -hmm. So um, my beautiful sister here, mm-hmm. she is like the most mightiest prayer warrior. Y'all need <laughs> prayer, come to her. <laughs> and if she's not a baby, I don't know about I know, right? We're right there praying in tongues for y'all. <laughs> um, I think we're known as prayer warriors. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you know, my mentor is so beautiful, mm-hmm. Gijay. So like mine too. Oh, that woman is amazing. So shout out to Gijay. We love you. Love you. And um. She had called out something in me mm. while you, while you were praying for me, mm-hmm. and I thought I was like sanctified and set apart, and you know, mm-hmm. holier like not holier than thou attitude. But I was like, I'm good, y'all. You you thought you were like walking on the narrow path exactly. of, of righteousness. Yeah, yeah. Newsflash: You were married. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, you had you had well, okay. To give context, it was. Um, you, you like had somebody like a friend of yours, like do like a living room ceremony. Yeah. So you guys thought you were married. Exactly. Yeah. But it wasn't legal. It wasn't by paper or anything Mm -hmm. like that. And so it was that day that like the Lord came and was like, listen, I will take you away from your sin, Mm -hmm. but you must sin no more. And I Uh, felt like the woman caught in adultery because that's exactly what I was. Girl, that is in my notes. (laughs) That is in my notes. And I'm not going to lie. Like, I was the woman in adultery. Why? Because even though I had saved myself from marriage, mm-hmm. I was in the bed of, my, of adultery because I was sleeping with my husband, quote unquote. I'm uh-huh. doing air quotes, y'all. But we weren't married. Mm-hmm. And that's the day revival came into my heart. Yeah. I haven't been the same. And I'm sure, Ke- you know, Keetri can totally, mm-hmm. like, attest to that. Yeah, I, I was there. <laughs> I was there. And, yeah. you know... If it wasn't for our leaders that mm. prayed over me, and is yeah. especially you, sis, like yeah. it would have never happened because yeah. I didn't want to come to church that day. Yep, and I and I told you, she's like, "No, I'm gonna stay home," and I was just like, "Nope, you need to be in church." Mm-hmm. She's like, "I'm just going through a lot of spiritual warfare, and I don't know why." But you know, and this is something I had to tell you. She, you were like, "We really thought we were married." I said, "I know you did." I said, "However, God, God." gives authorities to our government. I said, so if we are not in submission to the laws of our government, God does not honor that because God is the one who give, gave them authority. And this is where a lot of Christians are like, oh, it's just a piece of paper. No, you're I'm like, Ugh. this is something hard for me to say, but I live this life, okay? Like, no, you're still 
living outside the will of God. Because exactly. if God says, if your government says you are married legally through paper, then I honor that because I gave them, I gave those government officials, whether you like them or not, <laughs> that authority. So you need to submit to that. And that's something that I told you. And you're like, I never knew. But here's the thing though. You, you, you're like, no, we're not married legally. We explained to you why it was wrong and mm-hmm. why your, your living room ceremony was not a marriage, which was not, which was not a ceremony. Exactly. But the thing that you guys did that was so beautiful is the next day, <laughs> Dean, you didn't, you didn't kiss. You slept in separate bedrooms that night. And like you totally repented the next day you went to the courthouse and you got married legally on paper. You repented, you turned away and you made it right. And you made sure you walked with God in obedience. And that's a big thing. That's huge. It's like, yeah, you, you made a mistake unknowingly or knowingly. Sin is still sin, regardless if we know it or not, Way. you know? And so, but you made it right. It was brought to your attention and you did not have a spirit of pride that says, oh, well, you know what? We're, we're going to be married in June. Our wedding's in June. It's close enough. It's good enough, whatever. No, it was, we need to make this right. We need to do this God's way. And you're like, screw, screw the wedding ceremony. You know, like we're, we'll still have that, but we're not going to wait until then to make it right. Because we want to make sure that as we step into our marriage, that it is right with God and that the blessing of God is upon us. So you guys didn't, you're like, don't even touch me. I don't even want to hold your hand. You were like, (laughs) no, but you guys honored God in that way. As you immediately repented, you made it right. And the next day you went and you made it legal and so now like you, you can step fully into marriage knowing like, Hey, we repented, we followed God, but now we have the covering and the blessing. And like, that's the thing is like our heart posture has to be made humble and set in humility and not in pride. And like, I lived in pride for years. It was just like, well, this should be good enough. You know, I, I did not do what you did when I, when I was called out on it, I was just like, nah, I'm just going to do my own thing, you know? But it was like, and it was so beautiful to see because I was like, you know, and you, even you were like this spiritual warfare is just weird. And Gij was like, these are doors that you opened that you didn't know you opened, but these little doors for like those stupid, annoying, demonic spirits to come in and attack you unknowingly were attacking you on. And she was like, this is why. And you're like, all right, well, let's slam that door shut. And it was beautiful <laughs> to see the obedience. And, you know, a, a lot of people get me wrong is because I'm like, you need to walk in God's word, there is a, you know, like I just said, there's a big difference between wanting Jesus to be savior and wanting Jesus to be Lord. And sometimes I I can come across that it's workspace and it's not, it's not workspace. There has to be grace for it. But at the same time is like, I lived so far outside of it while still calling myself a Christian, but I had no fruit in my life that showed it because I was not walking according to God's will. I wanted his grace. I wanted his covering and I wanted to do whatever I wanted to do. Unfortunately, I see a lot of um, so-called Christians because I don't see our, like you or myself or anyone mm-hmm. in our church as Christians. I see them as legit true followers of Christ. Mm-hmm. Like for me, there's like that huge difference because everybody claims to be a Christian, yeah. you know, but are we really walking that walk? Are we talking that way? Yeah. You know, there's times where like I'll cuss like a sailor. And I'm, yeah, hey, I'm holding myself right. accountable on, on this beautiful podcast. Cause <laughs> <laughs> if y'all ever hear me, please correct me. But that's where I wanted to go back to revival. Revival to me is obedience of the heart. Absolutely. You I know, totally agree. I got my revival when I became obedient to the Lord, mm-hmm. because I'm not going to lie. Like 
that spiritual talk was hard. Mm. You know, the night before we got married, that Sunday night. Yeah. We watched The Chosen. Mm. And he's like, can I hold you? No. <laughs> no, you can't. Don't even touch me. Don't look at me. <laughs> you are not my husband. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> Don't touch me, you diseased human. <laughs> we love you, Josh. We love you. He's going to listen to this and be like, you're never hanging out ever again. <laughs> ever. Yeah. Um, but it's the heart posture. And it's the willingness to please the Father. And like that's where like my heart comes from is like, Yes, grace saves everyone because there is not one who is righteous. The Bible says there is not one who is good, not even one. Not even one. And so we all get the same grace. We all get the same forgiveness. We all get the same salvation of acknowledging who Jesus is, what he did, that he died and he rose again and acknowledging that. But then like where the real freedom comes from is not just believing and confessing, it's living what he says because there is so much freedom when you live out the scriptures and when you live out his obedience like science catches up to god Mm -hmm. the earth and creation Mm -hmm. math science is always catching up to god and so and it's like oh funny how now they're doing studies on this and it just goes and proves the Bible. Like I was talking to my mom yesterday. I, I read that they've been doing some studies with unmarried couples and married couples. And it says married couples have be- have a better sex life than unmarried couples. <laughs> you can, girl, there, this is like, you can, you, there's like nothing you can or cannot say on here. You like just. It's true. It is true. <laughs> you know, and then it also showed that people who live together before they get married actually have a higher divorce rate by 50% than people who um, did not live together before they got married. And so it's just like all of these studies are coming out and it's showing that the Bible has been right this whole time. And this science time. is just catching up. And that's just like one instance. And now they're finding like there's like more math out there that we never even knew existed. And I'm like, please don't tell me that math was not my strong suit, <laughs> but like you were, you were talking about, um, the, the, the adulteress oh, yeah. in John eight. And so this is kind of like where it comes back to the accountability and like judgment thing, you know, cause a lot of Christians are like, Oh, well you're just judging me. There's a big difference between holding somebody accountable and judging them. And so like whenever, like, you know, when you, you and Joshua went th- through that thing, I, this is my point of view and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I did not condemn. I did not judge, but it was like, you need to make it right. And it was holding you accountable. Okay. So this is my point of view. Yep. I'm not a parent yet. 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 Um, (laughs) However, I come from a really rowdy family. Like girl, same. My goodness. We're loud. I know. We're loud. I'm the youngest of nine. Oh, my Lord. We're all (laughs) Marines. We're all, like, either Navy or Marines. (laughs) (laughs) Hoorah all day. You know, bulldogs for life, yo. Um, So that was never implemented to make it right. Mm. We would fight it. Like, Mm. how dare you correct me? It was so much pride. Mm. And one of the first things I asked the Lord to take away from me was my pride. How did that feel? Ugh feel like you're dying oh yeah mm-hmm. the quickest way to be humbled is to not be humbled submittedly yourself first 
But to have someone else do it for you. And that hurt the most. And it wasn't you judging. I'm I'm just going to be honest with you guys. Nobody judged me. No. My... My church is so beautiful yeah. <laughs> that there was no judgment. Yeah. There was no like, oh my gosh, like you are, you know, the the worst person in the Adulterer, planet. stone her. I know, right? <laughs> it was love. Mm-hmm. And with love comes correction. Absolutely. It says in Proverbs, he who hates correction hates life exactly. or, or something like that. Yeah. And so who are my brothers and sisters not? to correct me in love. Mm. I, I'm sure you've felt some correction from me at one point or another. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Today. <laughs> love you. And I have felt it from you when mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I'm going to go, you know, tell someone what I really feel. And, and then I'm like, like, no, you're not. Yeah. Like, is I'm it like, really worth it? Nope. Yep. Exactly. And with correction is God's love. Yes. So it's, it's in Proverbs where, you know, the parent does not spare the rod and we need to remember that because we're so in a generation of people that want to be so sensitive and so woke that we're blind oh hello (laughs) (laughs) oh that's that's a word we are so woke or awake that we are actually blind and yeah as believers, we're called to not be sleepy giants, but we're called to be submitted under him. And submission yes. is not being controlled. Nope. I was talking to Gijay about this last night before I, I saw her. You know, I'm learning how to submit to my husband. And I know that women... And that does not mean that he is like a domineering putting the hammer down women have a pro and I do I, I, I hate the word submission right <laughs> I hate the word submission and so like I'm just like you know because I'm in a relationship now and so God's like you're gonna have to start learning how to Thank submit <laughs> he's like you're gonna start ha- learn, having to learn how to submit and not always be right and not always argue and I'm like oh hell <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, like, like that's hell for me. It is. Like, it feels like I'm burning because I'm like, I want to be right. I want, you know, and the Lord's like, you, you gonna work on this, honey. <laughs> so I'm going to give you a little tidbit here Yeah. for all the wives out there. You know, I'm a new wife, mm-hmm. super new, but Christy always, Christy and Mike always give us like this, like little, like honor patch. They're like, you guys have the Lord in the center of your marriage. Yeah. Amen. And you know, it's, it's hard yeah. <laughs> because I'm Latina uh-huh. and I'm also mixed, but I grew up in the household where I was the only female. Mm. And so I had to make it happen. I had, you know, providing was a thing. Mm-hmm. And for someone to tell me, hey, babe, no, mm. <laughs> how dare thee? Oh my gosh, the dreaded too. <laughs> you know, and like the thing is, is like, okay, here, here's what like the Lord spoke to me because I was like, you know, because I come from a lot of trauma in my dating yeah. past. I come from a lot of hurt yeah, in yeah, my yeah. dating past. And, um, and you know, I, I've told my story multiple times on here, but I've, I mean, I've had more boyfriends than just the one that I've talked about. And it was just horrendous situations, very traumatic. And so, like, there was a part of me that's like, I'm never going to allow a man to, you know, I'm not going to submit to a man, you know. And, but then the Lord was like, okay, but if he's from me and he's in me. Come on, somebody. And if he is submitted to me, you are going to have no problem submitting to a man who has submitted to Christ. So it's in Ephesians, I think five. Ephesians five. Yes, ma'am. So 
when I was telling Gijay this, I was like, you know, I'm learning how to submit to my husband without thinking that he's controlling. Mm. Yeah. And she's like, amen. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's like, that's so beautiful. Yep. Because when we learn as women mm-hmm. that submission is a beautiful word, mm-hmm. it really is. Because we submit to our bosses. Hold on. <laughs> Holy Spirit's downloading something into my brain right now. <laughs> He's like, you submit yourself to me. Exactly. So how it says in Ephesians, how the man submits himself to the Lord Mm-hmm. we submit ourselves to the Lord as well. And if mm-hmm. our husbands are of him, mm-hmm. then who are we not to submit ourselves? Yep. Because and this is not to say that like we're making our husbands our gods. Absolutely, absolutely not. not. He is still flesh and bone. He, like, like you said, he is still, you know. He's um, still human. Yep, exactly. But um, when you read through Ephesians 5, it's, I'm just going to read it. <clears throat> says wives and husbands. So this is Ephesians 5, 22. It says, so it starts off with wives. It says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. So which exactly. is what I just what, what I just said. The Lord's like, you submit yourself to me, so do the same. It says, because the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of the body. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so wives are also submit to their husbands in everything. Okay, so that's three verses that wives have to do. But also, but then look down. Men have so much more to do. The exactly. call of the call for men on how to be towards their wife is so is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine verses, and we got three. Exactly. You know, so it says, husbands, love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her to make her holy, cleansing her with the water of the word. He did this to present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or anything like that, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands are to love their wives as their own body. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one has ever hated his own flesh but provides and cares for it, just as Christ does the church, since we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, but I am talking about Christ and the church. To sum up, each one of you is to love his wife as himself, and the wife is to respect her husband. So here's the thing. If, if our husband is doing all of that, I'm going to have absolutely no problem submitting to my husband. Absolutely. None. Because I'm like, okay, he's loving, he's laying down his life for me because all marriage is, is sacrifice and servitude. All of them. All of it. You know, um, I listened to The Basement. is one of my favorite podcasts. Tim Ross, woo, woo, you know, press B. And there was one episode where he was, where they were talking about this. And he says, um, you know, when you get married, you, you know, I'll meet you at the altar. He's like, what is an altar known for? You look all throughout the Old Testament. Burnt offerings. (laughs) Altars were always known as sacrifice. Laying it down, burning it up. So when you go to the altar, you are saying today, I die to myself to serve you. Exactly. And that's the one thing that we, I think as women, we become so feminist. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm going to go there. Go, go there. <laughs> we know we have this, we want to be right instead of, do we really want this? Mm. Or do we want to live out of the obedience? And 
by all means, you know, I do believe in like equal fair game for profit for, you know, wages and stuff like that. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong, please, ladies. (laughs) We're not trying to reverse the clock back to 1930. Exactly. But what I am trying to say is, you know, there was a Campbell's commercial. I think I I said this to you about how the husband was sick Mm -hmm. and she like goes to work and she leaves the can of Campbell's soup on the on the the stove and Uh you know a lot of people are like yeah that's how it's supposed to be and it's like isn't what would Jesus have done and I know that's really stupid for me to be like oh what would Jesus do but you know but like ultimately um like marriage I believe is supposed to be like who can outserve the other but there and like I know like you know the women struggle with the word submission but there is so much strength that it takes in order to submit, especially if um, if we think our husband is wrong, or if we, you think you know your husband is doing the wrong thing or whatever, like ultimately, like it takes a lot of strength and a lot of humility in order to submit yourself. That um, it's actually courageous and it's actually s- strengthening. But uh, you go ahead, go ahead, read it. Read it. <laughs> Shout out to Pastor Danny. Because um, when he was showing us, like, his Israel trip, he showed us the the mount where he had the Sermon on the Mount, right? Mm-hmm. Where Jesus had the Sermon on the Mount. And when you were saying that, mm-hmm. it literally came to Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek. Mm-hmm. Not the weak. The, the meek. meek. <laughs> For they shall inherit the earth. And meekness mm-hmm. is strength under submission. Mm. I'm going to say that one more time. Yes, please. I was going to be like, girl, you better say that again. (laughs) I'm going to say that one more time so I can hit someone in the spirit. Meekness is strength under submission. Absolutely. Women have a lot of strength. Y'all have kids. (laughs) Y'all bear children. You know, um, it wasn't that long ago that women that were in the Marines or in the military could actually go to combat war. Mm -hmm. That's strength under submission because... It took a lot of women to get there, mm-hmm. you know, and it was through obedience, mm-hmm. you know, through obedience of the law, through obedience of everything that women actually showed their their strength. Mm-hmm. We are called to be strength. It's in Proverbs 31. It's it's written all over the Bible how women mm. are supposed to show their strength, but in a meekest manner. You want to talk about a strong woman. Talk about a Proverbs 31 woman. I mean, when you read that scripture, like you don't see a a shriveled, huddled over woman. You see a woman who owns her, like she is confident. Like she walks down the street with her head held high, you know? And so like, you know, everyone's like, I want to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Like, and it takes work. It takes so much work. And like, (laughs) I had, um. In my, in my Bible that I gave you, I, there's a prayer right at the end of, of Proverbs 31. And sure. it just says, Can like, tell them how you gave me that Bible. Sure. <laughs> okay. So I have struggled um, finding my way to Jesus, like finding my way back. I was mm-hmm. a straight up wayward kid, right? Mm-hmm. And I was in Arizona at the bus depot <laughs> of all places in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, and my Bible. That was the Bible that you have given me. Same translation, but mine was pink, Mm -hmm. was stolen. Mm. And I had gotten this other Bible, but it never spoke to me the way that translation that you had 
gave me, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was crying. I was like, you guys don't understand. Like, I'm looking for the perfect Bible. Mm-hmm. One that's just going to, like, sow into my soul. Because mm-hmm. we all read different versions. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so I I don't know what I was doing. I think I had to go run errands. Mm-hmm. And I look outside my door, and there's this big box. <laughs> and it says, just lean around. And I was like, excuse me? Mm-hmm. Who knows my address? <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh. And I got an automatically, I was like, mm, this is Keytree. <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't even have my name on it. I tried to send it anonymously, but that did not work out. Yeah, right. And so I opened up the Bible and I started crying because the Lord had really moved in her heart to send me her Bible. The one that I wrote in. The one that she cried in. The one that I cried over. Because like, you know, and like I, um, like that was that was the Bible that brought me back to Jesus that brought me out of my depression that brought me out of my suicidal like thoughts and like all of that stuff. Like when I left, when I left my ex, like that was the Bible that like I poured myself into and that I just let the Holy spirit pour over me at. And you know, she, she, you were saying that you didn't have a Bible and I was like, I'm going to buy her one. You know, I'm like, I'm looking at my dog. I'm like, I'm going to be a nice fan. I'm going to buy her one. <laughs> and so, like, this is how, like, I knew it was God telling me to. Because then all of a sudden in my head, I was like, give her yours. And I was like, that ain't me. I'm, I was like, mm, no. <laughs> I was like, nope. And so then I, like, argued with him a little bit. And, um, you know, because once again, like, that Bible has such sentimental value to me. I was like, Lord, this is, like, the this is your word that brought me back to life. Like, this this Bible means everything. Like, there's, like, dots where, like, my tears hit, you know, and there's, like, there's notes where, like, the it just jumped out at me, and I said the Lord to me, and, like, I have, like, those places where the, the words literally felt like God was speaking directly into my heart. And so I told Justina, I said, please don't think I'm a bad friend, but I did not want to give you that Bible. But, like, I cried packaging up that bible and i like this is something i told my brother this is something i told caleb i was crying and i was like lord it's my bible but he's like but it's my word and i was like okay and so i sent it and i was just like lord i was just like i don't like okay maybe maybe i didn't hear his voice and i'm absolutely nuts but the last thing i wanted to do is like not obey because i was like what is it about this specific bible that needed to be given to you like there was something and I was just like okay I don't want to rob her of something that the Lord wants to speak to her over or do in her heart and do in her faith because I'm being too selfish to cling to a book and like that's what I kept telling myself I'm like yes it's like your bible I said but you can always get another one you can buy the exact same one literally a week later my my brother bought me the same bible same color same everything but it's like it's like that obedience that it does didn't make sense it didn't make sense because i'm like lord like she's gonna see that it's written in she's gonna see it's highlighted she's gonna be like why didn't she just buy me a new bible like this is weird and you know and so it's like all of these things like coming into my head that's like you know like it's it's like trashy like you know somebody else wrote in it and then you know like does she not think that I'm good enough to get my own clean Bible? And he's like, no, you need to send it your Bible. So it doesn't, it didn't make sense whatsoever. And which is also how I knew it was probably God. Cause sometimes <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but I sent it. And so I'm just like, okay, I guess God, you can do what you want with it. <laughs> so I, the Lord just really like confirmed to me right now when you were saying like I was in obedience, obedience is submission. Mm-hmm. You know, 
And it's not always fun. It's Sometimes not. you're going to cry like I did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, obedience is under submission completely. Yeah. And we're supposed to be obedient to the, to the word, mm-hmm. not the law. The word. The word. See, the law is don't do. Mm-hmm. The word is it's already done. Mm-hmm. You know, that's Amen. what the gospel says. Like, it's already done. I've it's already, already done. paid for it. You know, it doesn't mean go out there and keep sinning. <laughs> but it does mean like, hey, man, honor me. Oh, you know, be submitted under, under my word. Mm. And I think that's what happens when we have true revival, mm-hmm. you know, is when we're submitted under his word. And when we're submitted, we can have all these um, second acts churches popping up in anyone's house. Mm-hmm. You know, and shout out if you're actually listening to this podcast, like starting September, we're going to start having worship nights at my house. Awesome. So you can be there. Awesome. I love that. And it's just like, um, you know, and like the, the more that we dive into our word, the more God will reveal to us. And the more he reveals to us, the more we realize we don't know anything. Exactly. And then it's like, I have to fully be dependent upon the Lord because I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where I'm going. Like a lot of times, like we were just talking about this, like in this like new season of my life, I'm like, yeah, I feel like Peter out on water with all of the waves and with all of the storms. And for somebody who has struggled with like the spirit of control and wanting the reins and then having to let them go, you know, and so like there's been multiple times where I've let go of the reins and then I've taken them back up and then I've let go of the reins and then I've taken them back up. And so I'm just like, just for me in this new season of my life, just doing what I'm doing is stepping out in faith and it's terrifying. And sometimes the obedience is scary and like knowing, Oh, is that, is that the voice of the Lord? Am I being obedient? But like, the thing is, is like, you know, you're being obedient to the, to the Lord. If it is obedient to what it says in scripture. Right. You know, a true, um, a true like Proverbs 31 woman, like what everybody wants to be nowadays, Mm -hmm. or everybody claims to be. Mm -hmm. He's like, Oh, well, I'm virtuous. Okay. Let's like break down. What does that look like? Yeah. Let's break down that word virtuous. It's Mm -hmm. to be obedient, Mm -hmm. not only to the Lord, but to your family. Mm -hmm. You know, it's to really be upright and upheld. And, you know, she says that willingly with her hands, she works. When being virtuous, um, it says having or showing high moral standards. High moral standards. Being it to the Lord, yeah. Not the standards of the world. Ooh, that should be a good topic for the next one. <laughs> the standards of the world are so low. So low. So low that an ant could step over them. Exactly. And I see, like, all these, like, girls on TikTok that really, like, <sighs> I pray for these girls a lot. I'm so tired of opening up Instagram and having some naked girl's butt be the first thing that pops up on my feed because it's like, oh, that you know, uh, or like, you know, because like they pay for it or it's sponsored. So it's kind of like an ad exactly. for like this girl's like OnlyFans account. And I'm just like, I, I, number one, I don't want to see your booty cheeks at 7 a.m. I don't. I'm sorry. I don't. <laughs> Call me crazy. <laughs> I don't want to see another one with booty cheeks. Right. But it's just like um, there's there is a difference in the confidence that you are in the world and a confidence that you have in God. The confidence is completely different. The confidence that, 
that, you know, girls have in the world is um, you have to prove yourself. You have to look a certain way. You have to look a certain way, do a certain thing, look, you know, be a certain thing, um, dress a certain way. and but Or like have like a Louis Vuitton bag or something like yeah. that. Yeah. But then the, there's a completely different and more freeing and beautiful confidence in the Lord that's like, if I don't look like this, I'm still beautiful. If I don't dress like this, I'm still covered by the blood. If I don't do this, it's actually saving me heartache. It's actually saving me from being hurt and from being toyed with and from being looked at as as an object or something to be played with because God does not, you know, there's like a big thing that women think that the Bible is... um, degrading to women and it's actually like no it is radical if you look at how um the bible is said and especially in like the historic times for it says that we are all sons and daughters of god heirs to the throne heirs co-heirs with christ that even women get to because back then when the bible was written women did not get any type of inheritance they were not they were the the the, bo- second the brothers class second class citizens they were property and it was only the the oldest son who got the inheritance or the sons that got the inheritance the daughters got married off and they got nothing but it says you are all sons when it says you are all sons it's not just talking about to the men he was preaching to women too mary magdalene was a follower of jesus she was the first one who went to his grave she was the first one who saw him after he um after he rose from the dead the first time that jesus actually made his ministry public was to a woman not only just a woman because it was it was so radical that number one a man was alone with a woman that was a huge no-no but especially a rabbi a teacher of the bible was alone with a woman the third thing was a Samaritan woman because they were looked down upon. They were less than, they were lower than, they were not quote unquote Israel. And then a woman who had committed adultery, who had been married five times was living with someone. So it was so radical that not only did Jesus start his public ministry off with that woman, but it was a, it was a, it was a woman that was looked down upon as nothing. And it was, he used women in leadership roles like this is why I disagree that women can't be leaders in church is because like Deborah was a judge of Israel because God's like, okay, obviously the men are not working out. So I'm going to have Deborah <laughs> there. Esther, there was Ruth, Esther. Anna, Anna, Hannah, all of these amazing women of, of God and of faith and Sarah. And just like looking at all of these women in the Bible that had this incredible faith to step out and be obedient and submitted to the Lord. And for God to say, you are all sons. And he's speaking that to women, meaning you are as equal as man. And it wasn't until God, after God made Adam where he said, something isn't right here. The first time that God said something is not good is because woman was missing. Exactly. And we were taken out of Adam's rib, not from his foot bone. Not from his head. Not from his head. We were taken from his rib to stand side by side next to man, equal with man, not to be trampled underneath his foot and not to be tr- to be stepping on men because I feel that women are doing a huge, huge disservice to men. Come on now. Because we are condemning men for being men. We are, we are mad at the fact that men want 
to be men. And I am not talking about abusive men. I am not talking about toxic men. I am talking about like women want, (laughs) women want masculine men, but they want them to be controllable. Exactly. So (laughs) I'm going to speak on this because I was somebody that, you know, until the Lord really grabbed me and was like, no. And I think it was you as well. Mm. It was either you or Gija. Um, I needed to prove my worth. I was to, the same way. To I needed to prove my worth to Joshua. Mm. I was like, no, I need to work. And mm. the f- thousands of conversations that him and I had via text, via con- like actual like phone mm. conversation, via video chat. He was like, no, I'm the man. I'm supposed to provide for you. Mm. And that was my pride. Mm. So when you asked me, like, how did it feel to have my pride, you know, be submitted? Mm-hmm. It was like death because mm-hmm. being a woman, we're, we're taught from the youngest of ages, do it yourself. Do everything. You can do everything a man can do. But better. But better. And that's not biblical and that's not true because a woman was created to do everything a man cannot exactly. do. And so... There is strength in what we were built to No do. kidding. And I had like a job for like what, <laughs> three weeks at a bakery? <laughs> but Joshua didn't like it. Mm. I was never home. I was always stressed out. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really putting my time in with the Lord. I was mm-hmm. mad. I think mm-hmm. you remember that. You I were do. like, girl, what's up with you? And I'm like, I'm fine. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm just stressed. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but like he and that was just something that was on josh's heart that he wanted to provide for you because like that's a man's job and i'm not saying like if you work as a woman that you're you're outside of the will of god if you if you're you not. are called like because we are all called in different gifts and so like you could absolutely have a ministry in your law firm you can absolutely have a ministry in a bakery you exactly. can have a ministry you know so like and if you are a stay-at-home mom and that is your ministry girl that is your ministry that is your ministry you know i think it was john brevere that stated uh, he wrote a book where you know a construction worker an um an accountant and a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. um they all went to heaven and the lord was telling the accountant calling him by his name which was a construction worker and mm-hmm. he's like no i'm an accountant he's like no i called you to be a construction worker mm-hmm. and he called the construction worker a pastor something like that. i'm totally perfect right but he's like no i didn't call you to be a construction worker i called you to be a pastor right and then the yep. the stay-at-home mom was like well all i was was a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. and she came with the most humblest of hearts about it mm-hmm. and he's like no i called you to be that yeah because your ministry is wherever you are exactly you know and Ministry is not just being a pastor. Exactly. Or a missionary. Let's just get yeah. that straight. ASMR right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but we have to we have to understand that wherever God calls us is where we are going to flourish and where we are needed. Exactly. We're you know, having sweet praises, to be honest with you, I've gotten so much closer to God. Mm-hmm. Because you're doing what he called you to do you're stepping into obedience to what he called you to do so you're like you're a working woman i'm a working woman you know and so it's just it it, we have to lean into the lord and figure out what does he want me to do what is his will for my life and to obey that and to step into that and to be fulfilled and i think if we actually do that we'd, we'd actually be the most fulfilled people and i feel like a woman who who is surrounded by like biblical concept is the freest woman on earth. Exactly. It's like the second tightest um, mm-hmm. w- woman, you know, yep. 
We are called to be Proverbs 31 women to our husbands and to our children. Mm-hmm. But we are called to be second Titus women. I've gotten so much, so much knowledge from everybody that's, you know, a little bit higher than me when it comes down to their walk or, you know, a little bit older than me, a little bit more seasoned with some sasson in, in, in their walk when it comes down to like, what do I do? What do mm-hmm. I say? How do I act? Yep. You know, and I'm not trying to, if you're a working woman, please don't, don't think that I'm bashing you or that we're bashing. Cause we both we're work. Not. <laughs> we both work. I am, I'm an LLC and yep. you know, Keytree does everything underneath the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we're called to be in different spectrums. You know, everybody's called to be in a different walk. When it just says, like, how, like, the church is split up. Not everyone can be a head, because if everyone was a head, there wouldn't be nothing else. Not everyone is called to be a big toe. You be that pinky toe, dude. (laughs) Like, if you're called to be a pinky toe, you rock that pinky. Do you know, like, if our pinky toes are, like, gone, our balance would be so off. We think that it, like, doesn't matter. But, like, there's so much in our bodies that, like, we don't realize how important they are. And so, like, we're not all called to be a head. We're not all called to be an arm. We're not all called to be the hands or the feet. Sometimes we're called to be the eyebrows or the nose or the lips or the fingernails. But we... When we're in where we're supposed to be, where God calls us to be, it all works together for the entire body of Christ, not just for our denomination. When we're in position, we're in submission. Woo! That needs to be on a t-shirt. I'm going to say that one more time. When we're in position, we're in submission. You know, we don't have to get ready if we stay ready with, you know, with where we're at. We're called to be at different levels, different places. Because if we were all in the same place, then we would all be perfect, and there would be no need for a savior. Nope. I want to read Titus 2, because I think it's really good. Oh, um, please do. The whole chapter. So we're in Titus 2, which is right after Second Timothy. It says, um, so this is called sound, uh, the, like the subtitle for it is sound teaching and Christian living. It says, but you are to proclaim things consistent with sound teaching. Oof. That's the first sentence in. Say that. But you are to proclaim things consistent with sound teaching. Older men are to be self-controlled, worthy of respect, sensible, and sound in faith, love, and endurance. In the same way, older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers, not slaves to excessive drinking. They are to teach what is good so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands and to love their children, to be self-controlled, pure workers at home, kind and in submission to their husbands so that God's word will not be slandered. Ooh, that's like, uh, we're only five verses in y'all. That's why second Titus is honestly one of my, my favorite. I mean, I have a lot of favorite scriptures, but that Mm -hmm. one right there has called me to truly be reverent when it Mm -hmm. comes down to like giving people advice, Mm -hmm. telling people how it is or giving, you know, our lectures. Uh Holding somebody accountable and not judging because there's like a big difference between the two. It has to be consistent with sound teaching. Exactly. Which means the word of God. Exactly. Like, you know, when we are holding people accountable, it's because we love them. Yeah. You know, if I didn't love you, go out there and party. Have fun. Let me know how the hangover is. Yep. Well, and like um, some of my notes on this, (laughs) accountability is about responsibility and answerability. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, like the, so like the relationship has to be there, but usually like the big difference I think between judgment is accountability is, um, um, accountability is rooted in love and trying to hold them to a higher standard. Judgment usually always comes with condemnation and shame. 
exactly like when you love somebody with that accountability and correction mm-hmm. it is with love yep you know it is with the where are you going uh-huh. what and are you re- saying where are you at to resistance to accountability is pride exactly like where are you at mm-hmm. you know because there's times where i'll ask like my friends that are like oh yeah i'm a believer where are you at mm-hmm. you haven't been checking in you know, I love you, but where are you at? Like, yep. And it's not everyone else's job to hold <laughs> us accountable. We have to hold ourselves accountable. So, like, um, for example, uh, when Caleb comes for your guys' wedding, mm-hmm. you know, and, like, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go pick him up from the airport or whatever. You're like, I'm going to come with you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I think that was the first thing that came out of my mouth. She's like, I'm coming with you. I'm going to come pick him up. And I was like, okay, why? And she's like, accountability, bro. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I, I don't like, even <laughs> all right whatever bro but you know but it's like that or like you know i'll text you and be like hey this is something i'm struggling with and it's not, it's not your job to keep me accountable it's like hey like i'm struggling with this i'm gonna text justly and i'd be like hey like i'm struggling with this that's what it i think what the scriptures talk about like to confess our sins oh, to yeah. each other um it's not like for forgiveness you know unless i did something wrong to you absolutely but it's like confess your sins to others and it's so that we can hold each other accountable and uphold them and uh, like the biggest thing is what we're talking about is like the in john 8 where it's talking about the woman who is caught in adultery and they like brought her to jesus and all of that stuff and they're like wanting they're like what do you say about this because they're trying they were trying to get him to do something it was like a gotcha moment they were trying to like get him to like kind of condemn her or judge her or shame her and then kind of um like kind of cat like uh contradict himself there we go oh my gosh that was like really hard (laughs) for me i was like why are my lips not moving and my brain is not going um and so with that woman, which first of all, why did you just bring the woman? Where's the man? It takes two to tango, but exactly. I'm not going to go there. (laughs) (laughs) We digress. I digress. Um, so I'm going to read it. John eight, two through 11 says at dawn, he went to the temple again and all the people were coming to him. He sat down and began to teach him. So he was teaching, he was preaching. Okay. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, making her stand in the center. Oh, my gosh. Teacher, they said to him, this woman was caught in the act of committing adultery. So that means they legit caught them bumping uglies. <laughs> okay. Like, but here's the thing. You have to be searching for that. Mm-hmm. If you have to be, like, on a lion prowling. Seeking to whom he may kill, destroy, and, like... Just mm-hmm. all that great stuff, like yeah. stealing the joy. Yeah. And granted, she shouldn't have been doing what she was doing. No, but neither should have the man. Exactly. But they condemned the woman because exactly. once again, women were, were looked down upon as lesser than. So anyways, so this woman was caught in the act of adultery. And the law of Moses command, uh, the law of Moses commands us to stone such a woman. What do you say? They asked this to trap him in order that they might have evidence to accuse him. Jesus stooped down and started writing on the ground with his finger. When they persisted in questioning him, he stood up and said to them, the one who is without sin among you should be the first to throw the stone at her. He then stooped down again and continued writing on the ground. When they heard this, they left one by one, starting with the older men. Oh, um, only he was left with the woman in the center. When Jesus stood up, he said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She says, no, no one, Lord. He said, neither do I condemn you, said Jesus. And that is usually where church wants to stop. Right there. Is neither do I condemn you. And that's where like, oh, well, we're not supposed to judge. We're not just supposed to do this. But what does he say afterwards? It says, go, and from now on, do not sin anymore. He says, go and sin 
no more. So he's like, I'm not condemning you, but I'm not going to turn a blind eye to what you're doing. You should not be doing this. You cannot be doing this. So don't do it anymore. But he didn't condemn her. And that is where Jesus holds accountability. He's like, I'm not condemning you. I'm not shaming you, but don't do it again. And I think that's where a lot of people get it wrong. A lot of people want to just be like, oh my gosh, I'm going to continue to judge somebody because of like where they came from or X, Y, and Z. And it's like, this is why the church is where it's at right now. Mm-hmm. We are hurting. Yeah. And that's why revival is literally popping out everywhere. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't see it, those birthing wounds, like those birthing pains are happening a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's coming back. But this time it's not with water. This time with, with fire. Mm. You know, and that revival that's happening in all these places is because there was such a deadness and I'll say that again. There was such a deadness. Mm-hmm. I'm not Mexican, but I've been to Mexico before. <laughs> the puppies. I'm scratching at the door. <laughs> and the deadness there is so real. Mm-hmm. It's really painful to see that. Yeah. You know, and to see a revival crack up on there, it's like, it's beautiful. You know, to see revivals yeah. popping up everywhere because of the spiritual deadness that was there. When it just goes to show that like, we're called to be a light in the dark places, not a light in the light places. It's easy to be a Christian when all you're surrounded by is light and Christian. And I'm not saying never surround yourself with Christians because we have to be in that community. You know, like we, we, we need that encouragement and we need to be surrounded by people who are like-minded. But that does not mean that we turn our backs on people who are still living in the dark. Because we are called, and it says in, in Matthew, it says, you would not be a light and then cover it with a basket. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times um, I feel like Christians, especially in the, in Ameri- in the American church, um, they were, uh, for, I'm going to use this as an example. A lot of people were really mad at Maverick City Music for staying at the Grammys. I didn't even know about that. <laughs> after, after the whole Sam Smith thing, they were like, you should have got up and left. You shouldn't have stood for it. I, I don't think that them staying there was them agreeing with it. But here's the thing. When they got up and they received their award, one of their 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 people, I think it was uh, Brandon Lake, spoke on Jesus. Mm. And the, here's the thing. If they would have left, no one would have heard that. If they would have gotten up and left, no one would have heard that Jesus can save you. And so... I'm not mad at Maverick City Music. There are some Christians who, like, want to condemn them and are mad at them because they did not get up and leave when Sam Smith gave his performance towards the devil. But here's the thing. We are called to be a light to the darkness. And if they would have left, they would have let Satan run that entire show. There's a prophetess. I follow her. Her name's Tiffany. I don't know her last name. But, um, you know, there's Christians that listen to all these mainstream artists. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of these mainstream artists have done public displays of, you know, just worshiping the devil. That's <clears throat> I'm not going to name any names. Elsa. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't come for us. <laughs> we probably just swap some, someone right now. I know. If you get mad, it's because the Holy Spirit's convicting you about this, but I'm just going to say this, you know, there's a lot of Christians that listen to like secular music and Hey, like I'm one of them sometimes, I do too. you know, I'll, I'll list like on the way here, I was listening to something, mm-hmm. you know, 
However, it's your own um, conviction for one. Amen. No, amen. Amen. This, this is where <laughs> this gets me. Go ahead before I interrupt you. <laughs> it's your own conviction for one. And number two, if you actually are, you know, doing what these mainstream artists are doing, you know, I've known many pastors to listen to Beyonce and like quote Beyonce lyrics. And I'm like, bro, 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 bro. What are you doing? Stop that. <laughs> you know? And we're called to be the light, mm-hmm. you know? And we're called to, to sit there and to, you know, yes, we're going to mess up. We're human. Yep. Yes, we're going to, we're going to cuss. Yes, we're going to listen to secular. Yes, we're going to, you know, we're going to mess up. We're going to look at something in covenant. Mm-hmm. You know, we're gonna look at something and want it. Those you know, we can we can look upon somebody and commit adultery just by lusting after them. Exactly. Yeah. But it's what we do with that. Do yeah. we allow it, the Lord, to take captive captivity over that thought, or do we run with it? Yep. My thing is, is like a lot of Christians want to be like you. The Lord said, "I can't listen to secular music, so you can't either." That's your own conviction. There is a big difference (laughs) between what the Holy Spirit tells you and what the Holy Spirit tells me. Now, let me make this very clear. What is written in scripture is black and white, and that applies to everybody. However, I can listen to certain secular music and not be convicted by the Holy Spirit. But you better believe that there is some secular music that comes on. The Holy Spirit goes, change it now. Right. And and I can listen to OG Britney and be completely fine. Oh, baby, baby. <laughs> right? Love She's it. Like, give me, give me more. <laughs> give me more Hit Jesus. me, baby, one more time. <laughs> okay. With the Bible. With the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Saved and sanctified. <laughs> you know, but then. Um, Stop being a heathen. <laughs> Stop being a heathen. <laughs> but then there are certain certain songs that come up or certain artists that comes up and the Holy Spirit goes, nope. And so I have to obey. Like, don't get me wrong. I love Eminem. I don't get to live, listen to Eminem anymore. <laughs> uh, and I, I mean, I'm like, you know, and you know, there are some, t- there have been some seasons in my life where the Holy Spirit goes, you can't do this right now. But then later on after like he's sown something into me, I can. And so you just have to discern the Holy Spirit for yourself. But what the Holy Spirit tells you to do in certain situations does not mean that it applies to all scripture, all scriptures, all Christians. <laughs> However, scripture applies to all, all Christians. Exactly. But like what the Holy Spirit tells me is something that he might be telling you wrong. And I think that's why people are so mad at the revival. And so, you know, or, you know, people have a problem with it. It's because it's like, no, he's, he, we can't get mad when we put God in a box and then realize that he does not live in a box. Exactly. It's kind of like the pole. You can't put a lamp on into like a basket. Yeah. You know, that's you, the same yeah. metaphor. You, you can't put a square into a, a circular, a square peg. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, yeah. you know, and that's like the one thing that people are getting mad over a revival. If you're so mad over a revival going on, then start your own. Mm-hmm. That's where my head goes. That's where like my little flesh mm-hmm. is like, Okay, get flushed out. But make sure that it's according to scripture. Yeah, if you're going to have, like, if you're going to get super tickled over somebody else doing a revival before you did a revival, mm-hmm. it's not a competition. No. This is not a competition. The word is not a competition. The 
you know, the Holy Spirit is not somebody that's going to like, you know, award the person that did it first. The no. Holy Spirit's going to move. He will reward us based on our, on our obedience. Exactly. Obedience and submission. Yep. But nobody wants to do that. Everybody just wants to point the finger and say blasphemy, blasphemy. Reminds me straight up of like the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. That's like, and I know it probably sounds like we're being really harsh and critical. I mean, we kind of are, but <laughs> but this also like this applies to us. And like th- like I always say, I'm never gonna come on this podcast and speak on something that I am not actively doing in my life. Exactly. There was a lot of stuff when I like before I even started this podcast that God had to kill in me because I was mm-hmm. like that. I was like, oh, that, that's not scriptural because blah, blah, blah. And it's just because I refuse to open my mind and my heart to different things. And so, like, the Lord had to um, convict me on that. And he had to work on that because he's like, I'm going to give you a platform and I'm going to give you something I want you to do. But you're going to have to open your mind and open your heart because I viewed God in one singular way. I just viewed him very horizontal, very like, this is mm, just, this is how it is. Plants. And he's like, no, I also go vertical. Oh, and by the way, I also work in diagonal and I also can <laughs> work in squiggly lines. And I also can also can work in, in, uh, you know, what, what's the, the herringbone kind of zigzag. zigzag. Oh my gosh. You know? And he was just like, I'm not just horizontal. I'm vertical. I'm diagonal. I'm squiggly. I'm, I'm crisscross. I'm, I'm, I'm all of the things. And you just need to see that I work more than your tiny little human brain can even fathom. Can even fathom. And so it's just like, okay. And then so just stepping out into that. And I feel like I've been preaching to myself a lot on this too. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, there's a reason why he's God and I'm not. Exactly. There is a reason why he works in this cer- in certain ways. Because if everything, <laughs> everything worked in my way, It'd be hell on earth, literally. It, I would mess up my own life. I'd mess up everyone else's life. I would mess up people's walk. And so that's why, like, I'm never going to get on here, number one, without praying for guidance of the Holy Spirit, without his words and not without his wisdom, and without something that I have actively walked in my own life. And it's not to put a pin in my chest and to say that I am perfect because I am far from it, far from it. But I also know what I know. And I know that I know that I know that I lived a way that was super, uh, just so, so, such in a box, very closed off, very closed minded, very cold hearted. And it took work from God to soften my heart and to shape me like clay and to open my eyes to, I am bigger and better than that. And don't you dare put me in a box because he likes to show off. Oh, he does. Absolutely. I mean, let's just be honest here, you know. I prayed for the church family I have, mm-hmm. you know, and it's funny because like you've said it before, I prayed for you, like I prayed for you. No, you yeah. know, and it's so true because when we actually walk in that love and that grace, mm-hmm. you know, grace is what we do not deserve. No. At all. Mercy is literally getting what we deserved but in such a scale of like, it's a slap on the hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we didn't get what we did deserve. Because we deserved to be stoned. We deserve to be just dead. We, d- we deserve to be thrown into hellfire. Exactly. And I'm not trying to go like all hellfire and brimstone. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's what we, that's what we honestly deserve. But God said, no. 
Exactly. I don't want that for you. Because let's let's face it, he could have looked at like after Adam and Eve the whole the whole fall. He could have easily looked and been like, you know what? I'm just gonna start all over and just wipe them out and just start all over. But here's the thing is if he would have done that, it wouldn't have been true love for him. Exactly. It would have been control. It would have been manipulation. Mm-hmm. It would have been um, you know, kind of like, um, I just see like the, the old puppets with like the oh, strings, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, and, and, and he doesn't want that. He's like, if I want them to love me, I want them to actually love me because they choose to love me and I'm still going to love them no matter what they choose, but he didn't want anything fake. That's why all he wants is the heart and he wants that, that relationship, but it, 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 it not only takes us accepting Christ as Savior, but accepting him as Lord, where we find the true peace and the fruits of the Spirit. She is flipping, ang- like, not angrily <laughs> through the Bible, but, like, she is, like, earnest, you know, about it. I'll have you read this, and then uh, we'll wrap it up. We'll wrap it up. Awesome. So it's in Hosea 6.6. 6. I just know this um, by, by, um, by memory. For the Lord desires love mm. instead of, burnt offerings i require mercy not sacrifice yeah and it's love because mercy and sacrifice is love Mm -hmm. it's the love that you sacrifice your flesh you sacrifice you know i don't know about you but sacrificing my flesh girl it hurts it's hard Mm -hmm. but when you sacrifice that it's so much better and it's such a sweet aroma to mm. his nostrils than us killing a poor innocent lamb because we didn't know how to get it right the first couple thousand times. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is like, I, I've always, I've always put it into chains mm. and being in chains. Mm. And it's like sometimes, and I've said this, I feel like a billion times on here, but sometimes our chains become comfortable because we've been in them for so long and we don't know who we would be out of the chains. And so when he actually says, I want you to just drop the chains and take my hand, you're like, well, I don't know who I'm going to be without the chains. But here's the thing. The minute I dropped my chains, I, I died to everything that was not who I actually was. I, I had things that I thought I was that actually were not of me. They were not of God. They were nothing good. They did not sow goodness into the world that I actually, when I dropped the chains of who I thought I was and who I thought I should be, and I held his hand, I became more of who I actually am. And it was actually a more freeing and more liberating experience than I ever would have had if I would have stayed comfortable. Exactly. A lot of people just think, okay, well, if we just keep in this bondage, we're fine. It's I've not. been doing it for, it, I've been like this for so long. It's just who I am. No, fam. That is, that is putting you in a box and that is putting God in a box. And there is nothing, nothing that he cannot do. There is, there is a guy I follow on Instagram. He was a porn star for six years, made over a thousand movies, made over a million dollars in the porn industry. I mean, this man was deep in the porn industry. And he is a pastor now. That is beautiful. He has he has like a um, a, a nonprofit, 
and it's called like Hope Something. His name is Joshua Broom or Bloom or something like that. And this man was, he made over a thousand movies in the porn industry. That is, that that's not just dabbling in it a little bit. That is deep into it. He like received awards for like best actor and stuff for this. And he, he left that and he turned away and he is a, he is a pastor now. Like you cannot tell me that he, that God could not have done that, that that is not an act of God. If he would have just said, this is all who I'm always going to be. I'm always going to be like this. Yeah, he would have been. Yeah. But it was like, no, God can redeem. God can fix and God can overcome and God can make you more beautiful than when he first found you. Beauty from ashes. Mm -hmm. Graves into gardens. (sighs) Bones into armies. I love that song, but it's so true is because he can literally take anything and anyone and he can use them for his glory and for your betterment. Hallelujah. So revival isn't in a different church. Nope. Revival is in your heart. Yep. You have to be the one that wants to have that happen. And that only mm-hmm. happens through obedience and submission. And mm-hmm. I just hope and pray that everybody gets touched by this mm-hmm. podcast. <laughs> we were all over the place. I know. We we apologize, but it was like our first time. No, I, I love rabbit trails, <laughs> though, because like, well, we, we always say, like I always say, and we prayed right before, I said, Lord, just let it, let the conversation go where you want it to go. Let us hit on things you want us to hit. Amen. And like some of the stuff we talked about, I was like, that was totally for me, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and y'all, you she know? does pray, like uh, as her accountability partner in <laughs> this journey we call left. She does pray. And yeah. honestly, you can expose me on, on here. Uh, like I, I, try to, I try to walk. She walk the walk and I'm not going to sit here and like, you know, totally fluff her feathers, but she does pray before. Like it was really like beautiful to see it. And Mm -hmm. she's truly accountable to like the Lord and honestly to herself, because at the end of the day, like we can only hold ourselves accountable to ourselves. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is revival starts within yourself. Yeah. But be accountable to yourself and what you're trying to do. Mm hmm. Because be submitted to the word of God, be obedient to the word of God and just be open minded and open hearted and just be like, Lord, this might not look the way I want it to look, but amaze me. It never does. No. (laughs) I'm sorry. I love you. I want to expose about your relationship. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Oh, no. (laughs) So. Keechi and I, this is a side note. This you can put as like a blooper or whatever. <laughs> side note. Keechi and I have like the most similar love life. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. it's so beautiful because yeah. to see it from an outside perspective, uh-huh. like Joshua and I do pray for you. Oh, thank so you. It's like Joshua. It. <laughs> <laughs> Joshua always says that Caleb and he and I are going to be homies and go like search the promised land. I'm like, Fools, <laughs> we are the promised land. I said, <laughs> you already have the promised you land. You have the That's promised hilarious. land, my guy. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But, you know, you guys, like, I just want you guys to know that Keetri does this from the bottom of her heart because mm. she doesn't have to do this. She doesn't have to sit here and, you know, chill on a Sunday and have headphones on her head. <laughs> And do all the hours of prep work. Yeah. She literally has just this heart for this ministry. And I pray that you guys are blessed by it. And if you honestly don't like it, then you can hit the unfollow button. Yeah. You can hit the I don't want to hear it button. This like, is, you know, this this is a, a place where, like, if, and I'm not, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I'm really not. But, like, like just w- this is where my heart posture is at. I am not in, I'm not in the, the business of staying the same. I'm not in the business of 
being who I used to be. I'm in the business of submitting myself to God. And like, I, I just want, I want to be stretched. I want to grow and I want to step in the will of God. And I don't want to be blinded to anything. And so like, I also have a mandate from God to say what he tells me to say, regardless if people listen, literally Ezekiel three. <laughs> yeah. Hey. If they don't listen, that's their problem. But if you don't say what I tell you to say, they're going to die in their sin. I'm going to hold you responsible. And that is something that I take very, very seriously. And so like Bosco, <laughs> my dog is scratching at the door, but it's like, that's something I take very seriously. And I, and it's because I spent my life in chains for so long that I don't want anyone else to. So like when I think when like, when I say things harsh or when, when things come out really aggressive, it's because like no one did that for me almost. I mean, I can't say no one. I I did have some people, but it was almost too late. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I wished I would have done that sooner. I wish I would have learned that sooner. I wish somebody would have sat me down in love and be like, you're doing it wrong. And so it always comes from a place of like, heart posture and like I've, I've had some people reach out to me on social media lately and just like about the podcast and that they appreciate it I'm like oh my gosh and like I don't know if you want want us to if you want to reach out reach out always reach out reach out <coughs> it's, you know, text me on social media find me on Facebook find me on you know Instagram like reach out to me like I'm you'll get you're gonna get the same person all the time She's the same, you guys. She's absolutely the same. I mean, with me, she's what more of a dork. What you get. Oh, uh, totally. <laughs> oh, totally. But um, honestly, she, this heart that she has for this ministry is so beautiful. And like, I just love you, dude. I love you. And thank you for having me come on. I hope it's like have the, to have you come. You have to come back. I know. I want to like low-key give my testimony on here. You should. Yeah, maybe that'll be uh, yeah. our next one. That'll be super that'd down. Be great. You know, I just want to leave you guys with this like, I don't know who this is for, and I feel like this is going to be for someone else. <laughs> oh, it's okay. God loves you. Mm-hmm. Despite what you've done, despite what you think, God loves you. and you're, you're here now, and you're listening to this not by mistake. Mm-hmm. No one sent you this by mistake. It's, you know, there's no such thing as a coincidence. There's divine interventions, and just know that you know, the Holy Ghost will set you up in a situation where you're going to have to listen. Mm-hmm. And I pray that you listen. And I pray that you actually, like, have the open heart to hear it. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't see what's going on in this world, this world is going to the pooty hole mm-hmm. in a handbasket. Mm-hmm. And we're the only ones that can save ourselves yeah. with the Lord. If it's not with him, then we're going to. It is scarier to be without God than to be with the world. Yeah. I would rather be alone with God a thousand days over than to be without God and with everyone in the world. Exactly. Because the world is the loneliest place ever. But with God, there is such fulfillment. Exactly. It's so beautiful. So I hope that this reaches somebody and touches someone's heart. Amen. And if you get offended... Well, that sounds like a you and a Jesus problem. (laughs) 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 She's as salty as me. You know, but it always comes from a place of love. Yeah. It always does. If we sounded like we were judgy wudgies, we weren't. It's just what we have in our hearts. I know to be true. Yeah. And, you know, revival takes place in our hearts. Yeah. 
you know, there's a staring that says in Spanish, like, charity starts in la casa, which is our home. Mm-hmm. Revival starts in our home. Mm-hmm. Salvation starts in our home. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get persecuted outside the domain of your house. But you're going to get persecuted in your home the most. Yep. Get persecuted. Get that. Get that persecution. But start that revival in your home. Yep. Absolutely. All right, just Mia. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being on, babe. And uh, thank you guys for listening. And... I will see you guys next time. Bye.